It's 11 minutes after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our SMME exchange segment. And uh, this evening, uh, we uh, try and explore, I guess, um, you know, uh, there's this part about the journey of business, which uh, we seldom talk about, which is, you know, uh, how do people pick out the opportunities they go for? Uh, What does that process look like, the opportunity identification part of the business? Before you even get to setting up, you know, the organizational structure or even going and looking for funding or even starting to sell whatever service or product you have. Um, uh, one part of that chain we seldom talk about is, is that, identifying the opportunities based on what we see happening around us. And that's what we're doing this evening. Um, SMME expert Andy Swapata joins me this evening. And we're going to be taking a look at a number of opportunities uh, for small businesses in uh, what are seen as underexplored sectors in South Africa. And uh, uh, Sasandiswa joins me now on the line. Saswam, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabonga, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you so much for taking time out uh, uh, to join us. Let, let, let's maybe, I guess, you know, it's, it's probably the perfect time, the start of the year. For many entrepreneurs, many taking a beating in 2020. Um, but I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's that persistent uh, nature of entrepreneurs that makes them what they are. And many will be looking for a lot of opportunities. And uh, uh, you penned a very interesting piece, uh, you know, uh, about a week or so ago saying, look, there are several sectors that are ripe for entry and where small business owners who are looking for new opportunities, it might be, you know, that uh, I guess some people have some uh, cash lying around looking to invest. Uh, these are some of the opportunities where this might emerge. I want to to start off with manufacturing um, and, and you seeing some opportunities there at a time where many people are saying, I see the industrializer, the sector is gone, you know, China, you mentioned it. Sure. So let's start with manufacturing. Um, I think there is quite still a fair bit in South Africa that is imported, including a lot of the PPE that was used through the last uh, 10 months of the COVID outbreak. Um, and so where I would suggest that one seeks to look at the opportunity is that one thing, you know, that people spend their money on if they really Okay. Yo, so I just saw that line. Yo, 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 yes, better that line. Do you mind just moving around slightly um, and, and let's see if we can get you, uh, I guess, on a, on a much better connection there. Okay, go ahead. Just give me a second. I'm going to move. Is this better? Oh, it sounds better, yeah. Okay, cool. So I was just saying, if we start with manufacturing, I think that, um, it is, as you say, a, a tricky one in the sense that quite a bit can be made offshore, in China, elsewhere, and can be bought into South Africa cheaper. However, there is still a market for specific goods, and I think those are the ones where people can can look at opportunity. We do know that um, a lot of people do still spend money on things that they're either passionate about or that they care about, or sometimes things they feel guilty about. So whether it's your children or extended people to spend money on things. So I suppose it's not a blanket manufacturing recommendation. It's one that says... Look at mm. where people are spending their money and where they're willing to spend money and try and focus on that. Sure, sure, sure. I, I like your suggestion there on uh, dog food manufacturing. Um, I mean, it's something, certainly if you're not a pet owner, something you, you, you potentially wouldn't think about uh, as, as an in, sort of opportunity-seeking entrepreneur. Mm. 
and even things like baby clothes. Um, and um, mm. honestly, the pet industry is one where people do really genuinely spend a lot of money, whether it's in the house of their pets, clothing, food, and actually their children as well. Ah, is this Andy's one? Oh, so But let's certainly try and uh, re-establish our connection there with uh, Andy Swabata. Uh, we're speaking to us about some opportunities that you as an entrepreneur can explore this year, 2021. Let's take a brief break. And uh, when we come back, I certainly hope we have her on a much better line. Sixteen minutes it is after eight PM. It's our SME exchange segment here on Metro FM Talk, and I'm in conversation uh, with uh, Andy Swabata, and uh, we're speaking to her about uh, some opportunities that there are for small business owners in underexplored sectors in South Africa. And uh, she's joining us uh, from FNB's Gauteng Southwest uh, operations. And uh, uh, Sandy, we're still talking about manufacturing, uh, and I guess you are making the point around. Uh, people really looking out, I guess, for the best for their children and uh, willing to pay for that. And I guess that explains why, uh, you know, clothing for babies or for infants or even uh, what some people might suggest is, uh, you know, some of the food uh, for infants might be uh, a um, interesting place to go to. Uh, but one would think also similarly, education during this context where, you know, uh, there's inter intermittent sort of uh, attendance of school. Uh, you know, one moment people are in school. Uh, there's a rotation system. Uh, we found ourselves sort of, I guess, yanked into blended learning much faster than we might have expected. Especially over the last 10 months, that's a very big theme, is that a lot of parents found themselves experiencing homeschooling and home learning as something that their children thrived under. And so um, it did question whether or not traditional schooling models is the only way anymore. So I think with that, there has been quite a few um, small businesses that have launched in the last 10 months that look to put together a blended learning model where um, you may, for instance, choose to go and pick up packs that um, give you the curriculum and tests and to, to assessments to see where your child is at and if they're tracking according to the progress that they should. There's different curricula that's based, um, based on the CAPS curriculum here in South Africa where your child can then still go on to write the National Certificate exam in matric or if you want to base it on the Cambridge curriculum, if you want them to be um, able to study offshore one day, so actually, we've seen quite a bit of that and also blended tutoring models where one can access a tutor only for a specific subject that they feel their child is, is, is struggling in. Or you can go, go into a school for a few hours every day for a few instructional things and come back home to do your learning. So as you say, COVID, the one thing that's taught us, education can be a flexible model. Mm, mm, indeed, indeed. Uh 
COVID's also shown us that uh, you can deliver people's groceries to their homes. I mean, if you look at uh, the numbers that uh, I think 360 app, the numbers that they managed to clock in of uh, people downloading the app and the transactions coming through on the app, mind-boggling just to say the least. Um, well, what, what's your take on, on delivery services? I mean, a lot of people might say this is a saturated market. You know, every corner you go to, you find these scooters. There's um, You know, is there any space for SME owners left here? I think right at the beginning of lockdowns and COVID taking shape, even globally, we saw, for instance, Amazon saying that they were going to hire an extra 100,000 people because they simply could not keep up with the delivery demand. The same happened locally. Um, one of the grocery delivery apps, um, which was quite popular already, also announced that they'd be hiring an additional 100 new shoppers because they also were inundated with orders. I think that, especially with the uncertainty of will there be more COVID waves, um, and also coupled with the convenience, to be honest, if you don't need to go and shop um, uh, and stand in a queue and subject yourself to long queues, you don't need to go and expose yourself if you're a vulnerable person, let's say you have diabetes or et cetera, then you are, I think your eyes have been opened over the last 10 months as to what the options are. And I don't think that market is by any means saturated. Mm. I think there still is opportunity. Sure, sure, sure. I want us to pause there for a second and uh, we'll come back. And when we come back, I want us to to talk about, I guess, this delivery ecosystem, because I think, you know, uh, we often think just the last mile to my door as a consumer, but uh, a lot happening in that space uh, that's uh, sort of worthy of some attention uh, and reflection on. And uh, we'll come back to that after this brief break. Indeed, it's the SMME Exchange here on Metro FM Talk. And this evening, I'm uh, talking to the uh, business regional head at uh, FNB's Gauteng Southwest uh, region. And uh, we're talking about some of the opportunities uh, for small businesses in underexplored sectors in South Africa. And uh, potentially, of course, uh, some of the sectors that we foresee uh, might be able to ride out some of the difficulties associated with COVID-19. And uh, 22 minutes it is now after 8 p.m. Now, since Sunday's one. Just with, um, you know, with, um, with the delivery space, I mean, on the one hand, I guess we, we're talking briefly about sort of the diversity of products that can be delivered through that particular sort of channel. Uh, but one would think that there's, there's all manner of other businesses associated with that. I mean, the repair of some of the scooters or whatever vehicles are used, uh, you know, um, in the case, I guess, of, of many of the e-commerce businesses that are looking for that channel to get to their consumer. Uh, there's all manner of things that could be done in that space uh, and be seen as an opportunity for many an entrepreneur. Sure. And I think to pick on two of them, um, and you've mentioned them a little bit now, um, for anybody who has the ability to establish and develop a credible, safe, uh, 
payment platform and app that can be used by entrepreneurs, SMEs, as well as to connect them to a driver that can then go and deliver the goods on their behalf. Honestly, there is still quite a bit of appetite for that, and I do think that any developers who have the capacity to do so should consider. I think that any companies or or owners of scooters or or cars or old cars that don't really need to be um, transporting people, they could just be transporting goods and, and, and other products that is a big market at the moment, actually, the rental of those vehicles, scooters, whatever Mm, it may be, mm. that the actual delivery guys themselves are using to then go and make the deliveries. So as you say, there is a broader ecosystem surrounding this other than just, um, I'm a a personal shopper. Hmm. So so how does that work? I mean, do you go and, I mean, how how would that work? Um, Which part of it? No, no, I'm just saying like a, sort of a, a personalized shopper. How would that work? Oh, sure. So what personalized shoppers do is that um, they receive orders essentially for a, a unique or curated basket of things, whether it's clothes or picking up somebody's medication and script or picking up mm. um, somebody's groceries. Um, because for some um, people, they don't just want to go and order on a generic app because you don't want your tomatoes to be picked by a stranger um, that might pick tomatoes that expire today. (laughs) I know that's a very random example, (laughs) but you want somebody who's going to go and pick tomatoes that expire in three days, or at least that's going to last in your fridge. Um, And so so that's the kind of, let's call it bespoke um, personal shopping experience that one could explore. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 the other space that, uh, and, and I was talking to, to Makwe Masilela about this earlier on, um, in the context, I guess, of ESCOM and self-generation and all manner of other things, municipalities wanting to buy their own electricity, uh, especially in, in, in the metro space. Um, with the government, I guess, introducing the plans for much more self-generation and uh, a further additions of renewable energy to the grid, it seems there's a wide array of opportunities that are opening up there. No, not just people who are retailing solar or even, I guess, um, you know, self-generation units wherever. Uh, but uh, effectively, you know, uh, some of the people upstream who, who might be repairing some of the stuff, you know, component suppliers uh, and many other actors uh, where small businesses can, can make a foray into as well. Absolutely. And um, you'll recall when the president announced the reconstruction and recovery plan for the economy towards the end of last year, that um, the push around renewable energy was one of the key or co-focus areas, particularly as it pertains to infrastructure spend. Now, with that, we mustn't underestimate that even for those renewable energy projects, you don't need to be the one actually building a power plant and spending millions or in some cases billions to do so. You could be the supplier of specific component parts. You could be the supplier of certain services. You could, as you've just mentioned, be the guy that could be called upon to come and help fix a turbine or repair a battery when it's down. You don't necessarily have to be the power producer yourself to take part in the government agenda that we know is going to be rolled out at some point around infrastructure spend and in particular around energy. The other area where energy is concerned is that with more people spending time at home um, uh, and, 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 and now having to deal with load shedding at home, you don't have the luxury of a generator at work to get you through the rest of the day. 
I know of quite a lot of people, myself included, who in the last 10 months have invested in a fairly decent generation system that helps give backup power in my house because I now am working from home a lot more and I can't afford that downtime. We've installed, mm. uh, installed solar panels in the roof um, to power certain appliances in the house so that it, it also reduces the amount of capacity, for instance, on our generator and inverter system. We've also gone and bought a Jojo tank. And, I was about and to say, I mean, water harvesting. Water yeah, yeah. Because, mm. because there were so many frequent times when there was water outages. Mm. And really, from a hygiene perspective, at the very least, you want to have running water. And, 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 I, and I think that quite a lot of households found themselves, having spent so much more time at home in the last year, have invested in backup power, backup energy. And that in itself, I think, has been a pretty big and decent opportunity for SMEs. Mm, mm, mm. It's, it's interesting. I mean, when you talk about all of these opportunities, um, you know, it, it certainly doesn't fit the mold of the, just, you know, a nine to five uh, where every day is the same and uh, you have some form of routine. Uh, and uh, when you look at a lot of these, I mean, be it the blended education, uh, you know, or even, I guess, uh, you know, light scale manufacturing, delivery services. Uh, you know, uh, services to the renewable sector or, or even, I guess, making a foray into that sector. Uh, what are some of the things from a financial perspective, uh, uh, as a Zandiswa, that, that you might suggest, uh, uh, certainly from your experience in seeing many clients interacting with yourselves uh, as a bank that banks uh, entrepreneurs as well? So before I comment on that, I do want to just um, reinforce the point you've just made, that a lot of opportunity right now is not so-called normal. You know, it, it, it is stuff that speaks to the fact that life has changed. And I think for any entrepreneur who's out there thinking that we're ever going to go back to the old mm. normal, I'm afraid I don't think we're ever going to go back fully there. We're never going to go back fully to massive events where people are still concerned about transmission of air, uh, um, uh, uh, health um, illnesses, etc. We, we, now that the, in, in, con, sorry, the convenience of home shopping has been established, I'm not sure that we will ever all rush to the shops for every little thing that we need. So I think it's a pretty important point you mentioned in that if anybody's looking for something or to think about the future, think of it as a blend of what we used to know versus what is currently happening right now. Mm. Now with that, for anybody who is looking to now go and explore these sectors, um, a few things that is worth mentioning. Um, uh, and being married to an entrepreneur, I feel like it's a bit of an uh, uh, an extreme sport. So I live this out <laughs> every day. But um, I think that just to remind people of some basics is always important. Sure, Something sure. can seem like a great revenue generating opportunity, but what will it cost you to to make it work? And mm. I include the personal cost in that because entrepreneurs tend to get so passionate and absorbed into the business and they see a revenue opportunity and they forget that actually there might be a lot of cost to be carried to live that out. Um, I think it's also important to understand how much time it's going to take because if you have a current business and that is the goose that's currently laying the golden egg, it's mm. making the ends meet, don't pivot to a new thing to such a huge extent that you take your eye off the ball on the thing that is currently actually paying your bills. Mm. So whilst these things are pretty exciting, please balance it with the need to still make sure that whatever is giving you income now can continue. As you move forward, consider, do you have to buy that new equipment? Do you have to buy that building? 
or can you rent it? Do you need to go and buy a new factory space or office space or can you go and rent? Or mm. can you go and office share, for goodness sake? So you don't sometimes need to go and invest a whole lot of money in order to pursue an opportunity. Last one I would just want to mention, there's a lot of free resources out there that people can use, um, whether it's social media to advertise your business, whether it's free internet at a coffee shop, or um, even just some platforms that help um, bring together buyers and sellers of specific goods, some of which is even available on our app. So Mm. utilize some of the free things because not everything has to cost you money. Sure, sure, sure. So Sandiswa, thank you so much uh, for uh, all of those tips. I mean, just as you uh, are talking there, of course, making some notes on my end as well. Uh, But, uh, you know, real pleasure catching up with you. And I certainly hope uh, that uh, our discussion has been, you know, uh, a wealth of value for many entrepreneurs who are listening uh, to us this evening. And Goska Kulu for taking time out to speak to us. Sure. And good evening to everyone. Thank you so much. That there was Andy Swabata. She is uh, FNB Business Regional Head for Gauteng Southwest, speaking to us for our SMME exchange about some of uh, her reflections on uh, the work, uh, I guess, uh, on the back of uh, the great deal of work that they do uh, with entrepreneurs. We're going to take a quick break now. And uh, when we come back, we uh, take a look uh, at a report put together by my colleague Marissa.